All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Spoilers Nation After Dark begins now. Well, we probably could have started this one after 20 minutes, definitely 40, but we waited for the full 60. You honestly got to feel bad at this point for Magnus Krona tonight. He was outmatched from the get-go as the Edmonton Oilers take down the San Jose Sharks by a score of five to nothing. It was a, it was a beatdown, folks. There's really no other words for it tonight. This one went the exact way we thought, we hoped, we visualized it would happen. I say all the time, good teams beat bad teams. Well, good teams beat the shit out of really bad teams. And I think that's what we had here tonight in the San Jose Sharks. Hello and thank you for joining Oilers Nation. After another dub, we are live from my version of the Sports Closet Studio where I can't track the first comment, but I'm pretty sure the first comment during the game was that Ryan McLeod is on cloud nine. Cause man, oh man, I would say that he's back, but I don't even know if I've ever seen him play this well for such an isolated stretch. That second line, that second line might be set. I got a guy joining me tonight. Let's bring him in. Let's bring him in now. He's doing, he's doing the Lord's work because it is late right now. It is past 11 PM. It's Oilers Nation after really dark. Hi, Coomsey. How you doing? Everything does go down smoother when we're talking about a 5 nothing shit stomping. We were talking about a the other San Jose Sharks game at 11 o'clock at night. I think the vibes would be pretty down. I'm going to be honest. Given the start time of this game, it's very nice. The Oilers went ahead and won the game in the first, what, 15 minutes yeah. when they pulled up 4 nothing. Late in the first period, Leon Dreisaitl scores, put him up 4 nothing. I think we're all feeling pretty good. I sent the message into the group chat saying, you know, if you guys want to start the video, 
in the first intermission and just talk about the game as if it's over. That's completely fine with me because I'm usually in bed by like 8.30. So up at 11 p.m. here on a on a weeknight, it's uh, it's not easy. But that's just the life when your team goes and plays in the uh, plays in the Pacific Division and they play in the Pacific time zone. So here we are doing a real late night after dark and the vibes are good. The San Jose Sharks are a terrible team. We were chatting in the in the chat again. Are they one of the worst teams of all time? I don't know. We'll get the, back to that later. But the Oilers did, as we as we know, go into San Jose and lose earlier this season. That was just their second win of the year after dropping, like, what was it, 10-11 to start the season? 10-11 losses? And zero, were, 10 one Yeah, 0-10-1. And then they beat the Flyers and then the Oilers right away. So as we know, there's no such thing as an automatic win. So to go into San Jose and beat them up 5 nothing, that feels good. Good start to this Western road trip as we just ended the Eastern road trip really well. Except on pregame, it's nice to do the East Coast and then on the way, stop at home, open up some presents, continue on and keep lighting the lamp. We've pointed out the Edmonton Oilers schedule is about to get a lot easier. I believe it's like now we have the third or fourth easiest schedule for the rest of the season. So that's incredible. I believe there's a tweet. I see Pat's looking for it right now. There it is. There's my guy right there. We had the fourth most difficult schedule. Now we have the third easiest schedule. So the heavy lifting, hopefully, knock on wood, is for the most part done. We know we got the LA Kings coming up next, which won't be easy. But as I said, you got to beat bad teams. And there's a lot of games coming up here that, like, every three, looking at who you're playing, you should for sure win two. So, hey, this is a pretty good start to my, I was about to say New Year, but it's not the New Year. You're, we're just living in that no man's land yep. where like time isn't real. I mean, do we care that we have to stay up? Most people don't have work tomorrow. I do, unfortunately, but whatever. That's not going to stop us. That's why we got beverages, Cam. I saw you. I saw you before the show getting a little Drinking wet. Out. Nice water. Yeah, 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 yeah. Water. <laughs> oh, Fiji water too. Yeah. Hello, I'm all about my aesthetics. Fiji water over here, but okay, let's get into it. The Greta scoring summary brought to you by Greta Bar Yeg. Of course, go check them out. The spot to watch a game in Edmonton for your post. It doesn't matter, home or away. It doesn't matter, win or loss. It doesn't matter. The Greta vibes are always going, but especially. Over this Christmas break, I haven't been to Greta nearly as much as I would have liked to over this break. That'll change. Don't worry. That'll change. That'll change. But as we got into it, dude, it took exactly 60 seconds once again. And it's Ryan McLeod who gets on the board off of a line change. You see it there on your screen. We got highlights tonight, people. Check them out. But the Oilers' first line was just absolutely dominating to start the game. You see it. McLeod comes off the bench, gets the puck fed beautifully has a perfect amount of patience and then beats Krona, which I think that was like the second shot of the game, but that was like his first real test. And the way it went past him, I went, oh yeah, baby, tonight's going to be a good one and a rough one for, what is it, Krona? Yeah, Krona. I keep wondering if I'm saying it wrong. He had a rough go, but it started out quick for Ryan McLeod, Cam. It did. This was the point where I think we started thinking, you know what, the Oilers have a good chance of winning this game. (laughs) They went up, you know, one nothing early on and we thought, this is this is good. We're we're feeling pretty good about this. I mean, it's a it's an interesting thing now that he's got what he's got six goals in the season now, and you and and you take a look back at the the game logs, and it wasn't until 
it was it was under a month ago now that he scored his first goal of the season against the Winnipeg Jets. Ryan McLeod has six goals in his last eleven games here, and it it it, it took him twenty two games to get his first goal. And I remember you and I were on the post game show after one of those early early season losses back in like October, and we were we were talking, and it was you know the entire bottom six is going to go the entire year without without scoring a goal. This was back when none of them had scored a goal, and there was a hey, Toby Reader comments, which is you know entirely possible if you're in the in the Connor Brown situation you never know but I mean the the entire Edmonton Oilers bottom six wasn't just going to not score a goal for the entire season and Ryan McLeod was among those guys who had piss poor luck for an entire month while the Oilers were struggling and that is part of why they struggle all these guys having terrible luck and here we are now and it's kind of just coming back and six goals in 10-11 games like Players are going to have stretches like this after they have terrible starts to the season where they're not scoring goals in 15, 20 games. So nice to see the Oilers finally getting depth scoring. Ryan McLeod wasn't going to go the whole year without a goal, and it's good to see it all coming back. It'd be nice to see him get up there and challenge for 15, 20 goals. That's that's kind of what we'd like to see from him as a player. If you can get him in bunches, hey, it's, it's at the end of the year, if I see that 15 number, I've always thought, Ryan McLeod as a lock for 15 had the hope that maybe one day he'd get to 20 goals. I had none of that hope this year. And then you throw him on the wing with Leon Dreisfeld. We'll get into it later for the good spoiler alert, but Ryan McLeod on the wing, it's a whole different hockey player. Continuing with the Greta scoring summary though, dude, to be Zach Hyman, to play with Connor McDavid, sometimes you must just thank your lucky stars. Like on that one, all you got to do is just skate to the hoop, put your stick on the ice, get her down there. Connor McDavid takes it up the wing. Perfect amount of patience. There's even a defender all over Zach Hyman. Don't get me wrong. He fights through him. He battles hard. But McDavid's able to feed him that puck out front. It's picturesque. It's almost too beautiful. It should be in a museum at some points, Coombsy. This is just another thing that Connor McDavid does. We just pointed out that we thought it was funny. There's a lot of Sharks fans still in the building. And we wondered, is that just the McDavid effect that you don't want to leave? Because you only get him for so many games and you know he's capable of a highlight real play. That's not even in his top 100 of plays he's ever done before. But that's just a testament to Connor. He makes these plays look so easy. That was not easy pass. If there was a line made just like made for Connor McDavid, I mean, look, I've seen a lot of people say like, Zach Hyman's killing it in the Oilers. Well, good for him. He's playing next to number 97, the best player in the world. What do you expect? Well, we've watched a lot of different guys play with Connor McDavid. There's been a handful of years where the Oilers couldn't find wingers to do well with this guy. And then they go and get Zach Hyman, who his two best seasons in Toronto, he was a good Maple Leaf, but his two best seasons in Toronto were 21 goal years. Like good player, good second, second line winger. And then he comes over here and he's already got 20 goals this season. And it's not even. 2024 yet like we're still in late December he's got 20 goals on pace for I think 51 or 52 and I mean I I don't think it's you give a lot of credit to McDavid of course but I mean you got to give credit to Zach Hyman himself for being the guy who does get to the net and put these pucks in because we've seen a ton of different McDavid line mates who weren't able to do it and I mean for Zach Hyman to pretty much already be touching his 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 Toronto career high in goals and he was he was playing on a good line there too. He played with Austin Matthews. He played with Nylander. He played on a good line. For him to be already hitting twenty goals 
in late December is crazy. Like if, if you had told me that when he signed the contract, I would have, I wouldn't have believed you. I would have been happy if, you know, you got three or four years of a Zach Hyman hitting around 20 goals for him to do that in December is, is really something else. Absolutely insane, dude. Naeem, I'm not, you're right. It's not that easy. Not everyone can do it. Coom, you just pointed that out. Zach Hyman, as you said, he's the perfect line mate. He's just, it's not easy to play with Connor McDavid. It's not that simple that everybody says, or else everyone would do it. Like Naeem said, Connor Brown would have 10 goals so far this season. If it was as simple as just putting your stick on the ice. That's a fair point. I take that. I see my brother in here and he asked Boardsy, what'd you think of Evander Kane tonight? Coombsy, I'll let you go first with that one. What'd you think of Evander Kane, the demotion? I said on pregame, I'm curious what his response would be being sent down yet again. You had to watch the first line start to tear it up. Now you got to watch the second line start to prosper without you. It must be frustrating, but I hope he's for the betterment of the team. What do you think of Evander tonight? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, there's, there's, there's some players where if you you're a regular top six guy and you get demoted down to the third or fourth line, it's 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 an awkward spot. It's hard to imagine you contributing, but you have Evander Kane going down to a third or fourth line situation and he still runs out there and throws big hits. Like you saw that on the broadcast, there was a few different times where he went on the four check and just crushed a San Jose defenseman. I mean, even if you're not contributing by putting pucks in the back of the net, at least you're going and wearing down the other team's D men, making it difficult for them to go back and chase pucks. Like you already play for the San Jose sharks. You're not having a good time. You got to go back and get drilled by a big six foot three guy. Like that sucks. So, I mean, even if you're not scoring goals, if you just, if you if you find yourself in a situation like that, you're a Vander Kane, you go out and hit guys, that's that's perfectly fine. I mean, he's definitely had a lot of hot streaks offensively, but if 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 he finds himself in the um doghouse and gets shoved down the lineup a little bit when he's cold, go out there and throw the body, no one's complaining at all. I think the goals for Vander Kane, they always come in bunches. We know him. He's very electric, finds that lightning in a bottle. But tonight, three shots, three hits. If you're not scoring goals, but you're still laying the body, being a factor, I noticed him out there, I'm okay with it. Would I like to see him in the top six on a perfect world? Because I think he's capable of scoring 40 goals. Absolutely. But like you just said, he's a guy who can easily be plucked on the third line because he plays a power forward style of game. And that translates pretty well. You know whose game also translates pretty well to points these days? It's Evan Bouchard, my brother. This guy. Third goal of the game, the Oilers, Boosh Bomb from the points. Matt, you see it here on your screen. Was that Eckholm, I believe? Little patience. Throws it back to Boosh, who just rockets it. You see it, 97 miles an hour. Looked like he barely had any time to even get that thing off, ready to go. Finds the back of the net. I believe it was James Hamblin standing right in front of the goaltender right there. A perfect screen in front. But Evan Bouchard, man, this guy, this guy's a point-per-game player on the back end for the Edmonton Oilers. This one's not even on the power play. So all you power play merchants out there, this is what he's capable of doing. Five-on-five power play doesn't matter. Evan Bouchard just puts up points these days. Yeah, honestly, I mean, it's this is um, when the Oilers selected Bouchard in the, with their top pick in the 2018 draft. There was such a desperate need on the team for a D-man who could move the puck, and it was the the, the, the Peter Chiarelli Oilers were so desperate for that D-man that they, you know, selected him in the first round. He made the team the next year, played a handful of games before going back to the OHL, and I mean. I don't. I mean, the player that he's become now offensively. I don't. I. I, I think this is pretty much 
even better than you could have realistically imagined when they selected him in that draft. And there's there's very few defensemen, I think, in my mind, who control the blue line offensively in the other team's zone better than Bouchard does. The way that he can just kind of feather the puck along the blue line, make passes, receive passes, keep the puck in, even when it's dumped, batting it down in midair, taking good shots from the path are good 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 shots from the point like there aren't very many defensemen out there that i've seen that that do it as well as he does and i mean there was a lot of instances earlier in the year when the others were struggling where where bouchard was the the one where it looked bad on him when the other team scored but i think there was there was a lot of people pointing out at that time look he does more offensively than he allows defensively like cut him some slack let it go like given the amount that he's provided this team over the past like month since they've started to play well like i'll give bouchard pretty much whatever bad play in the defensive zone given how good he is offensively this is this is some of the best offensive play from a blue liner that i've seen from an oiler in a, in a long time like i can't remember really yep. uh, in in the post lockout era can you think of a d-man that consistently moves the puck shoots from the point as well as bouchard does? sheldon surrey the only one i could think of that shoots the yeah. puck but he didn't move it like bouchard did yeah exactly like the, you got bouchard shots right up there with the surrey and chris pronger like first passes up there with pronger too like <laughs> there aren't many defensemen who who have been able to do this and i mean like look like watching bouchard make boneheaded plays in the defensive zone is frustrating but Think about all those times when the Oilers didn't have a D-man that could make a single pass up the ice, and now they got this guy who's a wizard in the offensive zone, like slinging the puck around from the blue line. Like, Emma Bouchard's a damn good player. We are not too far removed from those days. For me to oh. forget that, Kumzi, it's 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 a it's a it's a treat to watch Evan Bouchard every night. And like when you think of how rough it was to start this season for Evan Bouchard, it's pretty incredible where he's at right now. I think I saw a ranking today. It was like ESPN. They said he was the fourth best D-man in the league. He's playing good minutes now. He's putting up points. And the errors, while they still are there, they are way more few and far between. And when you're putting boosh bombs like that into the back of the net, makes it go down a whole lot smoother. And I can tolerate anything with Evan Bouchard. You know how you know he's playing well. Is the king of negativity. Naeem is positive tonight, baby. He said Bouchard is elite. And now we're getting some saves. His numbers just keep looking better and better. You're damn right, Naeem. Damn right. The vibes are good tonight. That makes me very happy. I love you, Naeem. And I want you to be happy more often. Moving along, once again, in the Greta scoring summary, the fourth goal of the game, Leon Dreisaitl. Unfortunately, we didn't hit Borgie's bankroll tonight, but we'll take a W. I thought this, this is the epitome of what makes Ryan McLeod and Warren Fogle Good line mates for Leon Dreisaitl. Ryan McLeod, I guess I wish we could get this at the beginning of this. He comes flying in on the forecheck. He like hit him with his back. He like came in so wildly. Gets on the forecheck, gets battle in the puck. Warren Fogle sees that, comes to support, gets in there, retrieves the puck, gets it out front to Leon Dreisaitl, who needs to play with guys who can go in the dirty areas, zip it out to him. Leon Dreisaitl is a sniper in his DNA. You know he's capable of doing almost anything on the ice, but he's going to play better and more to his strengths of the 50-goal scorer. If you play with guys who can get in there, go hard on the forecheck, retrieve it, get it out, bang, back of the net. Now, there's lots of reasons why McLeod is playing well right now. That's one. Warren Fogle needs his flowers, too. Because that second line, we joked about it right before. I wanted to whisper and said, sir, sir, like the guy into George Bush that goes, sir. 
the Edmonton Oilers have a second line. And he sits there like, oh, my God, the rest of the NHL. They better look out right now, Coomzy. Mission accomplished. They have a second line, finally. He got <laughs> they, uh, that's been That's been one of the things this year is, uh, you know, you have Connor McDavid didn't have his best start to the year. Leon Dreisaitl, he's not having his best year as well. I mean... The Connor McDavid thing's obviously sorting itself out. Him and Ryan Nugent Hopkins, uh, Zach Hyman as well, of course. Fantastic chemistry there. But Leon Dreisaitl hasn't had the same success on his own line. And I think that's kind of the key this season is even if there's a bit of a struggle, you'd really like to, before the playoffs start, find a line for Leon Dreisaitl to center so you're not running into one of those situations where, you know, the, the first period goes by and then at the start of the second off the faceoff, you have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl on the ice together. The, the Oilers are a better team if both those two players are on lines that are good themselves individually. This is, you know, we've been talking about this since since like 2016, 17. This has been a, a point of conversation forever. So the Oilers have to find good wingers for Leon and they've got, you know, two 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 big guys that skate really well and can go and forecheck and 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 find the puck for dry sidle and I think maybe that's the recipe and I mean, I don't know, there's still and there's still two more months until the trade deadline, so there's plenty of time to figure this out. But I do really think the 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 play for the Oilers is at this point. Keep those two centers split up and try and find wingers for dry saddle so you can have those two lines come playoff time. Build it down the middle, baby, right there on that top six. They're great. And if it's it's a Blake break glass in case of emergency situation, if you're down a game, you can always throw 97 and 29 together, but it's gonna be a long year. We need to build some wingers. It's funny because we're that far in the scoring summary, and now we're just leaving the first period <laughs> as we get in there. It was basically, like I said, after 20 minutes, we could have done this show. The game was over right there. Goaltender got pulled. Krona, I, you feel bad for the kid, man. Like He was outclassed every step of the way. didn't even know why he was going to be in there and from one of the first shots of the game. But the fifth goal for the Edmonton Oilers, the mercy rule. When I played shell with my buddies, if you go up by five, Game's over. It's done. You just quit right there. I don't want to embarrass you more than you need to be embarrassed. But the Oilers' first line dominates some ozone pressure. Puck goes back. I believe it was to – yeah, is that Evan Boucher right there? Yeah, I believe that's it was Evan Boucher. And that's the one that it went off Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Then it went off the D-man. Then it went off the D-man again. We thought it went off Zach Hyman. I thought that it was then Zach Hyman had 17 goals in like his last 20. No 16 in last 19. This one was credited to Ryan Nugent Hopkins, of course. And there's not really that much you can say about this one. It's it was a good goal. It was a good shot. It was a bounce. Kind of felt bad for the goaltender. It's a battle. That's a goal. That was a goal. Honestly, like the most notice, like notable thing about this entire highlight for me is just like watching every player on the Sharks like hold their stick up really high. <laughs> so all the players on the Oilers are skating by like Cody sees he's just coming in to be involved and he just gets his face just smacked by a stick. So that's where you're at. If you're playing for the San Jose Sharks this year, you are just not having fun at all. And they're like, fuck me. It's five nothing. Now I'm just going to hold my stick in the air and try and give somebody a whack. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much all I have to say about that goal. Um, by the point, by by the time this rolled around, we were we were ready to go. We were we were ready to pull the trigger. We we're like, the Oilers have won this game. The Sharks. I'm not interested in playing hockey this season. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. That was the halfway point of the game, so we still had another 30 minutes to go. I was thinking we could start this during 5-10 left on the third, but no, we had to wait it out to find out whether or not Stuart Scanner got a shutout, ladies and gentlemen. There, I can't say it. So the final score, five to nothing for the for the good guys, for the good guys. Coombsy, Stuart Skinner makes 24 saves on 24 shots. That's going to help that save percentage. It's going to help that goals against. We love it. You know what else we love? We love the good, bad, and the oily. So let's get into it. And this is brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. There's only one thing better than sharing memories, and that is making New ones, Alberta Blue Cross Travel Insurance protects your memories and more wherever travel takes you. Visit ab.bluecross.ca slash travel for more information. Let's start with the good people. It, there's only one guy that can be. This was him on Friday as well. I don't even know if we had to change the wording on this thing. I don't know if we spent Ryan McLeod or just McLeod. It has to be this guy. I just mentioned it. His play as a winger, man, this is just, he's earned his spot here. Absolutely. It's been crazy that all season. We were looking for someone to play with Leon Drysaddle while at the same time, simultaneously bitching about Ryan McLeod, not being a good centerman. You flip him to the wing. It's his fast pace of play that makes him so electric on this line. He's really earned it. There's less responsibility as a winger, I also say, than there is a centerman in the middle of the ice. I think that helps Ryan McLeod to more so just freewheel and do his thing, which is his game. That's what he's good at. He's more, he's more able to use his speed. What else can you say about Ryan McLeod right now? Uh, they said at one point when he scored that first goal, what, that was his fourth goal in his last four shots? I didn't really believe Jack when he said it, but I saw it all over Twitter, so I'm going to take his word for it. Ryan McLeod, he has to be the good. Yeah, he does. He's, he's this has been like a this has been a nice revelation for the others recently is getting Ryan McLeod going. And I mean, I I know I kind of just said this on a recent point when we were talking about Leon Dreisaitl and having his own line. And 
if the Oilers find Ryan McLeod's the ideal winger to put in this situation, instead of using him on the third line as the center as they thought, then maybe that's what they do ahead of the trade deadline. If they're going to add to the forward group, they go and add a third, fourth center, a veteran, somebody with playoff experience shutting down a top line and then just allow McLeod to be a good left winger, which he can be a good, somebody who forechecks well, somebody who goes to the net and does that because, I mean, like you said, like um, when, when, when you're a center and you, you've got to spend a lot more time kind of worrying about the defensive zone, what the other team's forwards are doing when you're a winger, there's a little bit more room for error defensively. So if the others are looking for offense on the wing, then maybe they've kind of found it here with, 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 with McLeod, who I think when he plays center, especially in the third line center role, his, it's difficult for him to unlock his offense because you're spending so much time trying to play a different role, trying to shut players down, trying to play defensively, worrying about your own zone. But when he's on the wing, it unlocks a lot more. So maybe the Oilers just found their solution to the the, the second line problem internally. Um, I laugh at this from Connor McDavid. There's a structure to the show, Connor. So let me call me a sellout because <laughs> he really wants me to give some respect for Stuart Skinner. Give Skinner a shout out. Can you just wait till the oily? Can you just wait? We got a structure <laughs> to how we do the show, my guy. We put you a lot of thought into this. Stuart Skinner, a shout out on the night he stopped every piece of puck that came his way. Just chill, Connor McDavid. Just chill. Well, call me a sellout. That's not true. I would sell out for Greta, though I'd do anything for Greta. So that's a fact. Ryan McLeod, though, great game. There's, if we can keep this up, I said I'm pretty gaming. I don't know how long this experiment is going to work with Fogel and McLeod playing with Leon Dreisaitl just doesn't really pass the eye test when you look at the lines, but on the ice, it's definitely passing the eye test. So I'm cool with it for as long as we can keep this going right now. So that makes you enjoy it all the more because it could be fleeting, could stop at any point here for Ryan McLeod. Enjoy it while we got it with the good comes the bad. This one has to be, it has to be Magnus Krona. I'm sorry. I don't want to take shots at the guy. I really felt like he shouldn't have even been in the net. Mackenzie Blackwood was ill. And last night, Capo Kakinen did play in the back-to-back. Well, the man got lit up. He had eight shots against. He allowed four goals. And after 20 minutes, I think the Sharks had had enough because they yanked him out and they put Kakinen in there. Boom. Let me just ask you before the game today, did you think we were going to get goalied? Because I understand Oilers fans' hesitancy. When we play a backup, we tend to get lit up. I thought this guy was like a backup's backup's backup. So I felt pretty safe about it. But be honest, where were you at? No, I didn't feel that this time around. I felt like this was obvious the first time they played the Sharks. I remember we were looking at it on the schedule. Like I remember sitting in the office and we were like, look, the Sharks are at like seven straight wins and they're playing the Oilers here. Like we got the date circled in the calendar. This doesn't look good, but the vibes have shifted considerably since then. And I don't think anybody was sitting here being like, all right, the Sharks have their fifth Tampa's fifth round pick from the 2018 draft. He's got a, 765 save percentage in the NHL. And I mean, look, I'm I, I, I'm on board with you. I'm not I'm not trying to pile on the guy here. That's not what I'm going for. But look, like I, I wasn't looking at I wasn't looking at this oh. and thinking this guy's going to come out of nowhere and have a huge start against the Oilers. I I didn't see that coming at all. It, it, this felt like a win on the schedule, like sealed and delivered. I like this one from Final Other. He says the Oily royally blowing your first NHL game. Hey, he was set up to fail on this one. You gave Connor McDavid and the boys five days of rest and a full turkey dinner. 
Yeah, no shit. We went and put five out <laughs> on him right there. I guess four, four on him. So yeah, we'll move past on that. We don't want to pile on the guy. It can only go up from here, Magnus, right? Can really only go up from here if you play another game in the NHL. I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. Let's get to the oily con McDavy. Does this work for you, my guy? The oily, it's a Skinner shutout. It has to be Stuart Skinner. I said it on pregaming before. I feel like almost every game right now, maybe it's hyperbole, but that Stuart Skinner is like partially playing for his job with the fans because there's a lot of fans that for some reason want his head on a stick. I don't know why. I've said always he's a 1A that was supposed to be the 1B with Jack Campbell. He's had some ups and downs this year. He won seven in a row. Then he didn't play great against Tampa Bay. Boom. Tonight, the man played great. He, while you could look at the bar score, right, and be like, oh, five nothing against the San Jose Sharks. Oh, they suck. I bet they quit on it. They weren't trying. No, there was plenty of times that they had full-on unreal chances in high-danger areas. Stuart Skinner continued side-to-side movement tonight. He was making saves galore. I said 24 of 24, for or 25 of 25 for a perfect night. What more can you say about Stuart Skinner and his shutout tonight, Cam? Shout out. Yeah, that's right. This is one of the reasons. This is one of the reasons why we didn't start early because we were thinking, look, if there's four minutes left on the clock and we're talking and we're like, Stuart Skinner, shut out, and it doesn't happen, then people are going to be pissed off. So, I mean, eh, when you look at this game kind of at a glance, you're like, the Oilers beat the Sharks 5 nothing. The shots were probably 50 to 3, and Stuart Skinner just stood there and, you know, had his arms like that and just, who cares? But that really wasn't the case. Like the Oilers went up four nothing in the first period and in the second and third, they looked, they looked like a team who knew they're playing a back to back on December 30th and 31st. And they're going to take it easy the rest of the way against the sharks a little bit. And Skinner had to make a few big saves in the second and third. I'm not saying he made a few big saves to keep them in the game or anything, but he made the saves to earn his shutout. He, he, he deserves his flowers on this one. This was a, an easy win for the Oilers. They had it. <laughs> I think we agree they had it wrapped up pretty quick, but Skinner had to bear down in the second and third period a few times and earn that shutout. And he deserves a he deserves a thumbs up for that. Yeah, Adam says it here in the chats. Skinner was reading the puck well tonight. Solid effort. Yeah, it's really there's really not much to overanalyze. Like you just said, it's not like he made any saves, huge ones to keep him in the game. He just made good saves back to back to back for 25 straight. So Stuart Skinner. Tip of the cap to you, my good friend. Hope you had a Merry Christmas. Would that have been Stuart Skinner's first one with his daughter? I think that that, that might be. Yeah. Well, he beat oh, the Rangers my. right before the Christmas break, but. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But um, okay, let's move along there. That's it for the good, bad, and the early. Brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Let's move along here to the hot and cold performers. Courtesy of our friends at DoorDash. For a limited time only, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code NATION25. Let's let's pile them in tonight in the chat, folks. If you got any hot, you got any cold, I'd love to take a look at it. For me, this evening, I was going to pick them. I was torn between Zach Hyman or Warren Fogle. I thought Zach Hyman at the time had two goals. Whatever, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, you can have one too. We can spread the love. I'm just going to go with mm, 
I'm going to keep it easy. You know what? My I'm going to go with Warren Fogle. I just think he's he's the underrated man on this line right now. He's honestly been the kind of the under the radar player all season for the Edmonton Oilers. I know Zach Lang, your friend, our coworker, great dude. He's been a big pusher of the Warren Fogle narrative that he's been arguably one of the most consistent. He doesn't want him traded at the deadline. You know, nobody really does. He would just be a salary matching piece. But with the way he's playing right now, him and Brian McLeod both are taking themselves off the trade block because not many have played this well with Leon Dreisaitl this season. And they're doing a pretty damn good audition right now, Coombsy. Yeah, that's kind of the way it's looking right now is we all know the salary cap situation. So when the others made their big moves last year, what it required to get, you know, Matthias Ekholm and Nick Bugstad is they had to give up Jesse Pugliarvi to the deal with Carolina with, with the prospect coming back it was basically just a salary dump. And then of course, Tyson Barry goes in the Ekholm trade. So that was $7.5 million out. So they could bring in Ekholm and Bugstad this year. If they want to bring guys in, obviously everyone talks about dumping the Jack Campbell contract, but five mils a year for another three more years for another team to take on. It's going to take a lot to dump that. So if the Oilers want to have an easier time dumping salary, then the names that come up are Cody CC, Brett Kulak, Warren Fogle, Ryan McLeod. I mean, if you're one of those players, then the way you're going to play your way onto being a part of the Oilers down the stretch into the playoffs is by producing and performing well, because if the Oilers want to add a, you know, a, a, a big piece to their top six or a third line center or a, a, another top four defenseman, then you, you're guessing that probably one of those four players has to be going the other way. That's just the way it works with the salary cap. And if, if you're focal on the cloud right now, finding chemistry with Tricidal is a pretty good way to guarantee you're going to be here past the trade deadline. you damn right, Coomzy. Uh, shout out Gina who said, yes, it was Stu's first Christmas as a, as a dad with his son, Bo. See, everybody in this chat, everybody's educated in here. Number one fan says for a hot performer, it's the second line arrival. Yeah, I could honestly I'll just rope all three of them in there. Ryan McLeod was the good, but he needs more love as well. Same with Leon Dreisaitl. Braden, excellent point. Hot performer goes to Boardsy in his new jacket. I agree. Shout out my mom. She got it for me for Christmas. Adam says... McLeod is a top performer cooking with Ryan Fogues. And then this one from Naeem. I get it, dude. I get it. If he has some trade value, I'd still use Fogel to upgrade the second line right wing. Could get a more consistent finisher. You're right. That is true. If he is the piece to be able to do that, it's just right now. He is being a semi-consistent finisher. But no, I don't hate that one as well, Naeem. I also saw your comment earlier. I'm sorry. I don't mean to think of you as a negative. We good, bro. We good, bro. I also think I made Connor McDavid leave the chat. So if Connor McDavid doesn't resign with us, hand up. That one's that one's on me. I didn't think I was too mean right there, but he called me a sellout. So hey, what are you gonna do? Uh cold performers this evening. This is a tough one to do. I'm gonna go the flip side and I'm gonna go with Kyle Burroughs of the San Jose Sharks because he was minus five on the evening tonight. Yes, that's right, folks. He was on the ice for every goal against in 18 minutes and 30 seconds. To add to the hot performer, my bedtime alarm reminder just went off as well, Coombsy. So we're putting in overtime right now. Who's your cold performer? Uh, Cold performer has got to be whoever picked having this game at uh, 8.30 p.m. Seemed like a little, you know, 7.30 local time, I guess, in the Pacific time zone. But 7.30 local time seems like a bit much to me. And it's a Thursday night, like. 
you know, people got things to do on Friday morning, so you never know why you're scheduling games for uh, this deep into the night for. I'm not really sure. Cold Performer, I mean, let's be honest, it's got to be anything for the Sharks this season. Like, they, I asked this question in the group chat when we were watching the game is, is this Sharks team worse than any team you can imagine during the Decade of Darkness? Is there an Oilers team? Like, it feels like real role reversal. Like, remember when the Sharks were good? There was Thornton no, Marlowe. They owned us. Yeah, and then you'd watch those guys cycle the puck around like they were playing against 12-year-olds. And that's what, yeah, you know, things look like from 2009 to 2014. Like, is this Sharks team worse than those Oilers teams? I think they might be. They're terrible. Let me know in the chat if you can think of... We had J.D. Young earlier, Coom. I told you already off air. But he said earlier today... And he viewed the San Jose Sharks as not as bad as everybody says that they were. While I was nodding along a little bit to it, I was like, well, I mean, you know, you could be right, but they're not good. Like, they're not, they're not, not in that discussion. They might not be the answer, but they're in that discussion. I think right now it's tough to think about. Yeah. There were some really bad oiler teams back in the days. There's been some really bad Coyotes teams, been some really bad teams in general, but it's nice as an oiler fan for, as you mentioned, those Pavelski era. With Ford and Marlowe. Oh, man, they just own the Edmonton Oilers. Was not a big fan of that one. We're going to go with Kyle Burroughs as the cold performer for this evening. Uh, as well, here as we move along, I want to get a little plug in. It is coming up right around the corner. The Nation Vacation, people. For $19.99, you can send your favorite fan on the trip of a lifetime to Arizona with the ON crew from February 18th to the 20th. Flights, hotel, hockey, double occupancy, and the time of your life included. We're also offering flexible no-flight options for $9.99. If you'd like to book your own flights, but join us for the rest of the party. We got you, folks. Now that is on nationgear.ca. You know what else is on nationgear.ca? I teased it for the Christmas break, but now we are back, and I believe Pat has a graphic here as well. If you go check out nationgear.ca, 15% off site-wide, free shipping, on orders up over $200. All I do is wear nation nationgear.ca clothing pretty much all the time. Shout out my new jacket from my mom. No, we'll, we'll leave that one there. You're wearing some nation gear right now, Coomzy. I think everybody is. Go get some gear. Hey, Christmas might be over. You didn't get what you wanted for Christmas. Why don't you go buy what you want for Christmas? Little nation citizen gear. Visit nationgear.ca today. All right, let's look ahead to our next game on Saturday night, people. Saturday night, hockey night in Canada against the LA Kings. Give me another late one. Give me an 8 p.m. start, so slightly better. We started off rough here with this one. I've had this one circled all season, Coombsy, because the LA Kings, we know the history with the Edmonton Oilers. A little wild to me as well. They're like, we've played Eastern Conference teams twice already, like home and away, but we've yet to take on the LA Kings. I think there's going to be some animosity in that one. Give me a score prediction and an anytime goal score. I'm going to go, mm, this is a tough one. The I'm going to go Leon Dreisaitl. It feels like he's ready to heat up and he's he doesn't like the LA Kings. He talked shit about them last year. Well, not really talk shit. He was more just kind of complained about the wrapping in that series against the Kings. So I'm going to go Leon scores a goal for the Oilers and they win that game three to two. It's a tight one. Mm, Patrick, if you're here as well and you want to give a score prediction, feel free to hop in for me. I think it's going to be a tight checking game. I really do. I think the under is what we're looking at. You said three, two. 
I'm going to go 3-1 for the Edmonton Oilers. And I honestly, I continue to pick them almost every game. And lately, he just continues to score. It's Ryan Nugent Hopkins. It's Ryan Nugent Hopkins' world. We're all just living in it right now. Because the guy, he's hesitating way less. He's shooting the puck way more. He just looks like the Nuge we all know and love. Pat, are you there? Do you want to give me a nice little score prediction? Uh, Yeah, well, I'm going to go with a classic uh, 4-2. Just because I think, where do you go? <laughs> um, just because I think that's kind of the the way things are going right now. I don't want to go too high with the score prediction on that one. I am going to say, how can you not go with Hyman though to score a goal tonight or against LA? It's got to happen. He's just so yep. hot right now. That's that that's Zach Hyman. He's so hot right now. Him and Hansel. Don't quote they that. <laughs> I'm quote Get that. a little Zoolander reference. Also, just looking <laughs> yeah. at our thing here, I think Coombsy mm-hmm. just straight up got booted from the yeah. thing because he, he's just gone right now. So that works there. People, throw in your score predictions. I'm curious to know. Housekeeping notes. We are going live on the ON YouTube tomorrow for Oilers Nation every day. Talia Remchuk will be back in the big chair breaking down everything about the dub and getting us prepped. On Saturday, we're going to have more pre-gaming. No O-N-E on that one, but we're going to go Friday or Saturday and Sunday. It's another back-to-back, people, and that'll take you right into the new year. And you get to watch me stress out about my fantasy football finals matchup <laughs> for approximately like five hours in there. I'm going to be a mess. I want to give a shout-out to you, Pat, to you, Coomzy, to every Hey, he's back. There he is. He just Perfect. dropped it. I'm back. Yeah, I saw it. It just looked like you just kind of zipped out of there. Don't worry, Coom. We're signing off here. Shout out to our sponsors, DoorDash, Alberta Blue Cross, Betway, 19 plus. Please play responsibly. As I said, Boardsy's bankroll didn't hit today, but five nothing. I'm not complaining. I'm I'm happy with that right there. I didn't bet money line because it was like minus 450 as well. There's really no point in that one. Shout out Greta and shout out nationgear.ca. Of course, everybody sleep tight. I hope you're watching this in bed right now or you're re-watching it tomorrow morning. It's Coomzy. I'm going to go hit the hay. I hope you do as well. And I'll catch you on the flippity flip. See you, dude. Over and out. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.